So Ari, did you get all your holiday wishes? A plate full of knishes and a jar you know, I think what we're missing really badly is just that feeling of being in the presence of someone else who's doing something beautiful and creative and artistic. Anonymous, so here's something for your foundation. Please make it anonymous. You've seen my money sack. You know I have a ton of it. So here's a check with several zeros, but now there's a number in front of it. Mr. Screw. Uh, we only do what we love. So we're in love with words. We're in love with poetry. We're in love with... I mean, we're word nerds, wordsmiths, whatever you want to call us. Uh, we're deep, deep, deep in language. It's our whole life. What? Uh, these are high moments for all of us as artists to be able to successfully put up an artwork in public. While this has not been possible for so many months. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. What happens if you combine Charles Dickens, holiday window displays, and hip-hop? The result just might be the Central West End walking tour that St. Louis Shakespeare Festival launched last week. It's called A Walking Xmas Carol, and it has a bumping soundtrack by the Chicago-based Q Brothers. Just check out this clip, which depicts the pre-Christmas office visit made by Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Fred for Mr. Scrooge, by the way, season's greetings. Sir, there's a Fred here for you? I'm in a meeting. He's in a meeting. I can hear you, Uncle Ben. He's never too busy for me. I'll just let myself in. Two words, four syllables, Merry Christmas. What is it? What, you think I'd forget my annual visit? Whoa, that's a lot of cash. Don't touch my money. I'm sorry, the mean man made me yell, honey. Anyway, this year's party, you're definitely coming. Chris, my ass mess. <laughs> that's funny. I've decided this year that I'm not leaving till you agree to have dinner with me and Steven. There'll be tinsel and holly and angels with wings. These are a few of my favorite things. It's good. Don't be mad at me. And that is just one excerpt from the Q Brothers soundtrack for A Walking Xmas Carol. You can do a self-guided visit anytime through December 23rd. And Friday and Saturday nights include live music and dance performances. And joining us today to talk about it is Tom Ridgely. He's the producing artistic director for the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. Tom, welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. So, Tom, you did a walking tour through Forest Park this summer. That was in place of your more traditional production there. How did that walking tour lead you to this one? Well, as we were wrapping that up and looking ahead to the fall and the winter, we just knew that so many of the things that 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 people think of when they think of that time of year and that they look forward to and the kinds of traditions and celebrations that we all enjoy just weren't going to be possible mm. given the public health situation. And we'd figured out a, a nice way over the summer for people to get out of their homes and have an experience and do something fun and uplifting that was safe. And so we just started thinking, well, what could we do that's that would make sense to do in December around the holidays? And of course, the one holiday tradition that actually seems COVID friendly is is that old one of of walking down an avenue and taking in the beautiful holiday window display. So that was the jumping off point. It's a great jumping off point. And, and the idea of having performers behind glass, it's like, oh, that is one way we could we could be safe from their spittle and, and vice versa. Um, but this all starts with the visual art. Um, you had worked with the local group Painted Black STL to do the arches for the production that was in Forest Park. So then what uh, what made you bring them back to do these store windows instead? Well, I mean, as soon as we realized that this was going to be built around these art installations, there was really only 
one group that we thought of. What they did with the Arches in Forest Park over the summer was so beautiful and so exciting and and so original that uh, we knew that there was really no one else we wanted to work with when it came to doing these holiday window displays. Hmm. What are some of the themes that you were hoping they would be able to explore through A Christmas Carol? Well, you know, I think when people think of A Christmas Carol, they think a lot about money and about generosity or sort of stinginess. And I think those are obviously big themes of, of the original story and a lot of the theatrical adaptations. But Really, it's also about isolation. It's about a guy who's cut himself off from just about any meaningful relationship you might have. Mm-hmm. And and when he finally realizes that he's been going about everything wrong, one of the big things he realizes is that he just needs to welcome people into his life and find ways to connect. So he accepts his nephew's invitation to dinner. He he, he tries to get to know his employees. Uh, he he gets together with people that are that are working to help the poor and the marginalized. And so it's those relationships and those connections that matter as much as sort of where he's putting his money in. And I think particularly that those themes of isolation and connection are obviously ones that really resonate these days. Yeah, that feels so timely right now. And this soundtrack is just terrific. Now, this comes from the Q brothers. Uh, What put their version of A Christmas Carol on your radar? Well, we produced a play of theirs called Dress the Parts in January and February, and that was their adaptation of Two Gentlemen of Verona. And it was just brilliant, and it went great, and people loved it. And so we were hoping before all of this to be able to present live in a more traditional way their adaptation of a christmas carol because it's just genius and it's been a hit up in chicago for the last seven or eight holiday seasons at the chicago shakespeare theater and so we were really looking forward to that and so when it turned when it seemed like we weren't going to be able to do it um you know obviously we were disappointed and that's sort of what got us thinking about this other idea as luck would have it uh they took the opportunity of of the slowdown to record the show in a way that they had never done before. So that was an option that that wouldn't have been available, um, you know, without all of these changes. You actually were able to get a soundtrack version, not just the script, as something you would have to mount yourself. Well, we knew with this walking tour, like we'd done in the park, that we wanted there to be an audio companion. And so we thought we were going to have to come up with something and produce it here locally. And then the guys reached out. They said, hey, you know, uh, just so you know, we've 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 got a really amazing recording of the show that we're finishing up, and you know how could we get it out there in a way that that would be cool? And and so we just happened to be in the middle of trying to figure out what what our audio companion might be, and so it turned out just a thousand times better than we ever could have hoped because this is what we wanted to do all along. Well, this is actually the perfect moment to introduce our, our second guest here today, and that is Gregory Kayum. He's the founder and creative director of the Q Brothers. He's better known as GQ. Uh, GQ, welcome to the show. Hey, what up? How you doing, Sarah? So the Chicago Sun-Times called your work on this play, quote, unlike anything you might imagine Dickens could be, and that's a very good thing. What first got you started on adapting A Christmas Carol? Well, we've been... Um We've been making what we call adaptations um, for uh, over two decades, and we started out in Shakespeare, and we, um, over time, started expanding beyond Shakespeare. After about seven Shakespeare plays, we um, 
I don't know. I don't know if we got bored of him because, you know, there's <laughs> a lot more to go around. You can't get bored of Shakespeare. <laughs> Speaking of that, what's up, Tom? Tom Ridgely hey, in the house. Yo. Good to hear you. Yeah, yeah, good to hear you too, brother. Um, <clears throat> so uh, when we were doing The Bombity of Errors, which was the first show we ever messed with in terms of our form back in 1998 and 99 in New York and 2000, um, our d- director developer Andy Goldberg um, at the time said, "You guys, I really think the next play should be Dickens A Christmas Carol." And we were like, and we were all this is this is 20 years ago, so we were all like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds awesome. Let's do it." And then you know, it took like all of our paths and all of our careers going in crazy different ways and an entire group metamorphosis to the point where it got distilled down to me and my brother JQ and like 15 years later we're like and a few plays later and a whole different lifetime later we're like uh what about what do you think about getting back to that Cuba to that Christmas Carol idea with Dickens and um you know and so it wasn't even our our initial idea we just kind of like picked up where we had left off sometime in our 20s and we're like all right Let's do it. And um, Chicago uh, Department of Cultural Affairs and Events called us in, and uh, Michelle Boone was running that department. She's a huge fan and a great supporter, an amazing woman in Chicago. She was like, I got some funds. What do you guys got? And we threw like four different ideas at her, and she's like, that one. And then um, we wrote it as fast as we could, and then we did a, a, like a, a staged reading of it in Millennium Park um, at the Pritzker Pavilion, and uh, that was in like 2012. And then Chicago Shakespeare Theater came to that, and they said, hey, we want to produce the whole thing by next year. And we said, cool, because we were already uh, doing a lot of other stuff with them at that point. So it just made sense. So this work has become such a chestnut. It feels like people who aren't into theater are happy to go get their Christmas Carol fix every year. I'm wondering if you found yourself actually um, liking the text once you dug into it, or, or if it was more, hey, this is a great commercial opportunity. Let's let's get people involved in this as, as sort of an entry point to Shakespeare, maybe. Uh, no, we... We've never created anything out of a commercial opportunity, and our pocket books would show you that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like, we only do what we love. So we're in love with words. We're in love with poetry. We're in love with, I mean, we're word nerds, wordsmiths, whatever you want to call us. Uh, we're deep, deep, deep in language. It's our whole life. So um, we, you know, when we all read by the time we were translating or ad rapting uh, the Christmas Carol, we were we were performing uh, Othello the remix in Scotland at the Fringe Festival, and um, and what is now the, the the current group of authors is actually uh, called Q Brothers Collective, and it's me, JQ, Postel Pringle, and Jackson Doran, and and the four of us um, were performing. That was the original cast of Othello the remix, and we. We had been touring 13 countries in five or six years and, and spending six years, six, six months a year on the road and uh, overseas. And when we were in Scotland, we were at the Fringe Festival for 30 days. Like, I think we were doing 28 shows in 29 days or something. We took it upon ourselves to, to, to adapt Christmas Carol. So we all read the novella. We, we, we broke, we, I mean, it's broken into five staves. We were very clear on that. We all we all did our reading there. We all talked about it. We started making songs. We started building them there. And then when we got back, we had the opportunity to, to, to delve deeper into it without having to perform every day. So hmm. it usually takes us about 
mm, 12 to 18 months to to come up with a first draft but um, but yeah it's completely embedded in and and spawned from our love of the material the language the original piece and our whole dogma is to tell original stories uh, in a timeless manner through our unique lens of hip-hop and comedy, and that's what we do. I'm talking today to GQ, the founder and creative director of the Q Brothers. Uh, my other guest is Tom Ridgely, who's the producing artistic director for the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. Um, their work has come together as a walking Xmas carol, which is now on display in the Central West End. And I want to play a, an, another excerpt from this soundtrack. Now, this comes from the Christmas past. Uh, this shows uh, as Scrooge was falling in love with Belle. It's Christmas time, let's get fiscal. My demand is rising up, you've got a full supply of cue. Now my heart's producing feelings that my brain cannot compute. Our love could be a number under a horizontal line. Infinite? Yes, as long as you are mine. So shake that asset, shake that asset, the numbers never lie. Go ahead, double check my math, you don't have to ask why. And that is from a walking Xmas carol. Um, GQ, these are just some really smart lyrics. This is supposedly about love. He's still thinking about money. You guys really dug into this text here. <laughs> Thanks. We have a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah, if, if we're not making each other laugh, that's how all those jokes get in there. There's, you know, four of us with our heads together for 12 hours at a time. And, and the, you know, it spirals and spirals. And when everyone just busts out, at a suggestion that's maybe 130 suggestions deep, and we just know it. We're like, okay, that's the one. And so, you know, people ask, oh, who came up with that joke? We're like, we did. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> but, but, but which one? And we're like, we did. We don't know because uh, even if we knew whose mouth it came out of, like, it never would have group writing is group writing. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. It's one idea is never one idea. It just never belongs to one person. So um, it's just, it's all fun. So when we can make each other laugh, we know we're on the right track. That's all. Well, so in this version in the Central West End, um, this particular part of the soundtrack is paired with some windows by the local artist Mijay. Uh, she was given three windows to utilize with Scrooge and Belle's romance as the theme. She ended up designing window displays in 2D and 3D. They incorporate fabric and holographics, dancers, mirrors, and more. So I had to capture that emotion within the, these three different spaces. And for the Number six, I decided to uh, go for their love, which started with the number game. So I chose those aluminum foil balloons, a lot of fabric, some ribbons to show love, Christmas celebration. They also uh, provided me with the material for the number seven window display, which is a holographic drawing cut out of holographic film. For the number eight, which is an installation, which is kinetic installation, uh, with background in mirror. So it's like an infinity room where there are four humanoid forms out of which two are dancing on their place. And now this piece is about how Scrooge and Belle begin to dance around and how they dance and fall in love. And that is the artist Mijay. Uh, Tom, were there challenges in taking this, this soundtrack and then breaking it up into windows and, and finding an artist to pair with each? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, that's like sort of like the hard, unglamorous work of it, but it's also the fun part. Um, so we worked, Tori Rezek, who's actually our development manager, uh, was really involved in sort of uh, editing and pulling together the source material for the artist. So she took the original Dickens, kind of probably a lot how the Q Brothers did when they did their adaptation. She took the original Dickens and divided it up into different moments and then sort of took the Q Brothers adaptation that corresponded to that moment and gave both of those to the artists so that they had all of the source material to, to, to be inspired by. Um, and then after that, like the cool thing is, is that you have, you know, 20 different artists with 20 different aesthetics and 20 different styles and sets of values uh, interpreting it in their own way. So to walk through the whole thing together, you know, you get the beautiful Dickens story that's there and this amazing, brilliant adaptation that the Q Brothers did, but then you also get just this just this huge variety of of perspectives um and and moods as you move through it all it's it's pretty cool hmm. dude it sounds amazing i wish i could be there <laughs> i, I, I still so want to i want to do it so bad now i wish i could see all that beautiful art with that yeah tom i mean there's so much work has gone into these windows it, will there be maybe some video component to preserve it even if for now you want to drive people to the real thing we are shooting some video this weekend, and what we do hope to have up soon is a kind of virtual version, because we understand that maybe not everyone can get to it, or that not everyone you know feels comfortable getting out right now. Um, so we're hoping to pair up some uh, you know some some footage that helps you feel like you're there at least um, if you can't make it down to the Central West End. Hmm. Awesome. Now, one other very cool part of this I want to mention um, is that these artists were compensated for these displays, and the artist Mijay, who we just heard from, she explained why that meant a lot to her. I think these are some extremely opportune moments for many of us artists who have had several projects canceled or delayed infinitely because of the COVID crisis. Uh, these are high moments for all of us as artists to be able to successfully put up an artwork in public. While this has not been possible for so many months now, I think it's a good time also to start healing the community with your artwork and healing yourself by creating, by indulging into this whole creative process and experience itself. And that is the St. Louis artist, Mijay. I want to play a little more of the Q Brothers. I just enjoy the soundtrack so much. I want to make sure people get a sense of, of what they'll hear if they visit. Now, this scene involves the ghost of Christmas Present, who has some wise words for Scrooge. Transform your existence, so I'm giving up on you. 
And that is from A Walking Xmas Carol. Now, that song accompanies the scene given to artist Charlie Tatum. She helped uh, launch the organization Painted Black STL. She also served as the artist coordinator for the Summer Shakespeare Festival. Her window depicts our very unusual Christmas present, with many people absent from the holiday table and a heavy reliance on technology. So I I love, you know, the adaption of this production that they've done. so as you're moving along, you know, you have a couple of think pieces and then you have some, you know, bright neon lights and everything's cheery. And then you get to my window and it's like, oh, this is so cool. But then you start to see like small little details and traces. And it's like, it's kind of like mixed feelings because this is, although it is something, you know, you know, whimsical and there's some traditional Christmas in there, um, there is like, you know, some truth as to what's going on right now. And it kind of, it kind of makes you just stop and think for a minute. Um, but overall, um, from what I've gotten, uh, you know, people do enjoy it. And on uh, Friday and Saturday evenings, um, there's an actor in my scene. So um, I love the, like, interpretations that they do. And that is Charlie Tatum. So, Tom, a live actor is incorporated into this window. How does that work? Yeah, there's actually, they're actually dancers. They're with this company, Ballet 314, and they are in Charlie's window and actually in Mijay's window, too. So when she was talking about Scrooge and Belle's, you know, forms sort of spinning and animating in her window, well, that's how it is, yeah, you know, right now, if you were to look at it. But on the weekends, um, those get swapped out for a live human dancer. And so they sort of become these living sculptures. And, you know, we just knew that... The other big thing about this year is that, you know, we're all, you know, we're cooped up and, you know, we're actually probably consuming like a ton of culture, but a lot of it's, you know, a lot of it's on our screens or a lot of it's just sort of like passive. And, we, you know, I think what we're missing really badly is just that feeling of being in the presence of someone else who's doing something beautiful and creative and artistic. And so in the summer, like we kept hearing that over and over again, just like how people were brought to tears by seeing a dancer dance because it had been so long. Mm -hmm. And so we just knew we had to figure out some way to do it safely. And luckily, as you said, you know, we can put them in these little cubes of of safety and isolation um, and you can still see and enjoy it. Um, with, uh, you know, without having to share the space. And if people want to catch that live component that's happening on Friday and Saturday evenings, like what time is is that part a part of it? It's from 5 to 8 on Fridays and Saturdays. And there's also music out on the sidewalks that are near some of the more festive parts of the stroll. Uh, And so, yeah, hopefully it feels like, it just feels like a great night walking down Michigan Avenue or, or Fifth Avenue or, or one of the great old streets where there's just music in the streets and beautiful windows on display and just a festive feeling in the air. Now, there's one last artist we want to hear from today. This is the artist Bino. Um, he uh, did a scene that takes place after Scrooge's awakening, after he's willing to give away some of his money. Bino is a portrait and fashion photographer in St. Louis, and his display consisted of seven photographs of black children holding money around their home. And Bino told us the idea behind it. I just wanted to portray giving back to the community and investing in the youth, you know, because they're the future. So I just want to put the spotlight on them, you know, because it's needed right now. It's needed all the time, but especially at this time right now where you're not sure what's going on. And Bino also told us what working on this project meant to him and what it meant for his career here in St. Louis. Like seeing that just is crazy to me, just to always think bigger, be more creative, reach out to more people, because I would have never thought I would be doing something like this. When they first reached out, I was like, I don't even know if my work is you know, happy enough to be in a Christmas carol play or whatever. But just to always 
you know, keep my eyes open for different opportunities and think bigger. And that is the St. Louis artist, Bino. Um, Tom, it's got to be gratifying to hear the artists just seem so touched that there's a, a chance to have this kind of display going on in such a strange year. Well, I think with everything going on, it's easy to forget about how much our artists are suffering right now. And it's twofold because it's obviously there's a financial component. You know, they're just not able to work, you know, when almost everyone else is, you know, bars and restaurants and coffee shops are open, but, you know, but theaters aren't and and concert venues aren't. Um, But there's also the other part of being an artist, which is that artists need to create in order to feel alive and to feel whole and to feel like themselves. So just the chance to, to, to do what they do with and 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 practice what they love, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it means it means any everything to a person like that. And 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 for a guy like Bino, I think the cool thing about his work is that first of all, I think there's 14 images, and he's got them blown up huge on you know it's a three-story installation uh, outside the parking garage of the Chase, and mm-hmm. so the scale of it is just enormous and and yeah to see the joy on these kids faces um and you know just at the simple act of generosity and not just of being given money or or something material but 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 being captured by a lens and really being seen like you can just tell how much they love the attention and and the love well, there is so much to see in this Walking Xmas Carol and just this wonderful soundtrack. It has been so much fun to explore this with both of you. And uh, Tom Ridgely, Producing Artistic Director for the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Thanks, you. G. Yo, thank you. You're, you're amazing. St. Louis is blessed to have you, Tom, and we are blessed to know St. Louis through you. And uh, GQ, we are blessed that you joined us today. So thank you so much for making the time for this. It's, it's been just such a joy listening to these songs. Ah, thanks, Sarah. You know, if people want the full soundtrack, we are about to make it for sale um, on qbrothers.bandcamp.com any day now. So if oh, anyone great. wants to, you can, you, can, <clears throat> you can purchase the whole thing and listen to it with your families, like old school radio show style or whatever. Okay, so find the Q Brothers on Bandcamp. Get this soundtrack for yourselves. And for more information about this performance, uh, check out stlshakes.org. Again, that's stlshakes.org. It has all the information you need to see this in the Central West End. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hemphill, Lara Hamden, Emily Woodbury, and Alex Hoyer. The audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenn. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.